0: and welcome back to blacker couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for the fourth episode of the first season of foundation this is barbarians at the gate written by lauren bellow directed by alex graves i gave this episode an 8.8 out of 10 i really enjoyed it i continue to like how this story unfolds and i just heard that we have been renewed for a season two how that feel very happy (laughs) I say we like i had anything to do with the show the show has been renewed for a season two let's go ahead and jump into the recap gail narrates how one man asked harry to tell him his fate at some point on tranter with his psycho history but maintains that the fate of an individual is unpredictable as we see the child darkness felt something wrong with now cleon the 14th in his teens propelling himself from the gilded cage of his clone existence. Fuck my life. Fuck my life. We all life. He gives this impression that he might be a psycho killer, but he's just a depressed boy, very much stuck in an existence in which he's emotionally not as engaged or as i I love what they're doing with these clones i think it's very smart i'll get into it more when we get into more of his scenes but he's a very interesting character because he is dealing with some psychological issues regarding um his empire his reign his brothers and He's experiencing it in isolation, at least for the moment, until this moment happens and a gardener witnesses him falling. He's protected from the shield that they wear, so it's nice to see how that comes into play and why it is on at all times. Did he know that he was not going to die and this was just kind of a way for him to get as close to death as he could to escape his fate, as it were? Or did he really think that at the end of this he was going to actually be splat, like hatchup, up from a high distance or a high, <laughs> a high height, I-, I guess that's the right word for it. I don't think that he did by his tortured look as if he was trying to avoid something he could not despite his desire to kill himself. And there really is no context for it at first until we start to see his interactions with his brothers. More on that in a moment. Gail continues about the rise and fall of cultures and worlds. And I think this is something that we still struggle with because we're so... I mean, our human species right now we are so very focused on the here and now. There's nothing wrong with that. But we sometimes forget that there are things that came before and it's not just something you had to learn in school. That there is a profound meaning to that. Because when you get into history and you understand just how many cultures came and fell before we landed here, it's pretty fascinating and outstanding type of (laughs) uh, commentary on what we believe will be some enduring type of mindset when that's not history story at all I don't think that the Romans ever thought that they would fall which a lot of this is based on from what um, the producer of the show showrunner has stated but we have the islamic empire you have the persian empire you have the uh athenian greek empire uh, in recent in recent years it was the british empire and even the british empire still exists but it's still a relatively new type of deal it wasn't until the round what the late 1800s really that they started making more of a a worldly and then you had the world the wars right world war one and world war two that did a lot of damage to the full european continent not just physically but the loss of life can't be erased so we're kind of living in a rather privileged society privileged culture at the moment There is a lot to think about with their dialogue and how things are unfolding and why they are unfolding. And we are watching, in a sense, the fall of an empire. So it makes sense that it would provoke this type of imagery for me at least, being a huge nerd for history. (laughs) But this is what Harry has unlocked. To be able to see through thousands of years of probably our own predicted history morphed into a psycho history of what is going to unfold due to the falling of our present empire belief indeed is a very powerful weapon as seen in many religions faith is sword is a sword forged in the fires of the infinite and despite the power of empires the afterlife and the fate of one's soul isn't something you can't compel earthly things to disregard. I'm paraphrasing there, but very, very potent, potent stuff. A fire is set to announce the death of someone of prominence. We find out who that was a little bit later, followed by massive explosions that Demorazel watches with trepidation. It's a Empire disregarded Harry's predictions and now the reaping is sowed. Empire is about to satisfy his needs and at the same time gave me a lady boner just by saying slower. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy. explains that the aura around him repels kinetic energy but with slow movements it allows for touch which is allowed during his usual manner of 24 hours serviced physiological needs and despite him being frustrated when Demoiselle just shows up like no it's not about to happen right now that girl got up real quick she's like yeah I'm not You may be Empire, but she's a fucking robot. I don't think anyone knows that she's a robot. Um, But that is neither here nor there. It made me laugh. Ambassador Wall comes with the news of Proxima Opal's passing. And while Zephyr Galit seems to be the preferred successor, and everyone congratulates her... With uh, Cleon the 14th being very slow. He's out of sync with his brothers. And I think that that is fascinating in itself. That he himself is not an exact replica or copy. Something that is noticed by his brother. Because Dust Rolled His Eyes like this child. As if this is not the first time that he has been kind of a slight embarrassment. Because he's not as astute as the other clones seem to have been at that particular age, once again showing that he is different. There is another candidate named Halima Af- Ifa, who is gaining support and advertising a return to another pre-Empire religion that considers clones not to have souls. This, this, this is, is not okay. Once again, Cleon XIV is slow To understand or grasp the significance of this as the other two stand upset by hearing this news and he's more like what were we upset about and I guess you're standing so I'll stand too but I don't think that his persona matches that I think that he is what one would call a ugly duckling in the middle of swans that has been produced for 5,000 however many generations they've been popping out these clones Demerzel is also very fascinating to watch as she is reacting to people who she is absolutely 100% loyal to and just watching them make mistakes (laughs) but either unwilling I mean it's not that she won't say what she needs to say but the power is resting with these three people that are essentially the empire and her position seems to be the follow what the empire says despite her very nurturing role in the involvement of these clones but her face when he asked if the woman halima was suicidal she's like Bitch, are you <laughs> like that you thought that Killing her is even an option right now. He barks if she knew. And Demerzel admits only moments before. Dust plans to go to the funeral in two days. And he leaves. Day slowly follows. And was he trying to tell Dawn not to follow him? Because he put his hands out. But that could have just been Lee Pace. Dawn shuffles after them. Then you have Demerzel who says we'll keep you informed. Keep this conversation quiet. There is this perpetual fear with everyone that encounters the empire because of what they may do. He's a tyrant in every sense of the word. He is a Roman emperor in the way in which he has everyone tiptoe around him. He's absolute monarchy, absolute authority. But it's actually really sad in a lot of ways because... So many absolute monarchs are like, yeah, well, I'd rather be feared than loved. That to them is still more important. And I'm not saying in any absolute monarchy, just from what I've seen in history, fear is not a, it's not a form to be taken. Every government does it. However, I don't feel he ever nurtured that other side where, you know, he can try to I think Dust uh, yeah the previous Dust said it we can afford to be lenient (laughs) we can show some mercy at some point even when we should be the one taking on an aggressive role let's show the people that we have some of that capacity for leniency and he wasted that opportunity and it's coming back to fight him in the pre in the current dust who was the previous day the synchronized movements at dinner still continue to impress as they meet to discuss what they're going to do about this dust plans as stated earlier to personally persuade or dissuade events seen as three trillion followers is quite the threat to their empire it's always religion man for all americans catering to it most enlightened minds ain't trying to fight any crusades or fatal demonstrations about it in this century because we've seen how out of hand it has gotten in the previous centuries of mankind not trying to say as if americans are any better or worse when it comes to religious freedom though that's not something we're really... <laughs> we're trying to set each other on fire for. <laughs> and there's there's always going to be those left-wingers. I'm talking about overwhelmingly the population, okay? Thus, while equally a little embarrassed by the awkward teen, more gently tries to explain why primary Octavo, it's just the name of the religion, is a problem for them. If the Empire are things... And they're not humans and they don't have souls well then people are not going to feel they need to follow said empire they're going to be going into or condemning themselves to damnation day impatiently wanted him his younger self to assimilate to the level of intelligence he himself as a child was but with the copies as i mentioned previously they degrade in quality over time i, I believe this giving me major Westworld vibes because every copy isn't the same. And we know that because Doris copied her ass in five different hosts, but as they all diverged on different paths because different outside influences um, became a part of their development that they all decided to um, they became more fractured from each other i should say they worries that they are not united if they are not united they may burst but the seeds are already sown Hey warned you to stop the cloning i told you what did i tell you didn't i tell you because i told you mm-hmm. and when did i tell you a long time ago and what did i say what happen when i told you exactly what just happened on terminus Salvar greets the leader of the Anacreans, wondering what they are doing on imperial soil she says if you were going to kill me you would have already done so i can tell that you guys are um that they're improvising right now because you did not expect me to be here the leader named pharaoh we find out later says that they are scrapping for a navigational navigation module but she calls bullshit seeing as there isn't anything remotely usable here and clearly they've been spying for a while she wants to know what the plan is if they aren't going to kill her and she responds by smacking her across the face with her arrow bow and demanding that she take her to the tower and through the fence or she'll utilize the children that sneak away to do so the fence is DNA censored, we find out, so she can only take one through. I like the fact that Salver takes several smacks to the face and doesn't care. Like, okay, you can hit me all you want to, but I can't change the facts. I can take one person through. I've only ever tried to do this once and the other thing was dead. So do you want to do this or not? Her second in command, Farrah, Farah's he says that if she is not backed by some rotation that they will raise the city to the ground salvor sees the boy once again and i'm told that he has rach's knife i didn't pay attention to rach's knife so this little boy kind of looks like rach Rach. so i don't know what's happening here (laughs) i'm not even gonna speculate i have no clue but I guess this is a way or a manifestation for the vault to contact her. Why take the form of this boy with Raisha's knife? I don't know. Maybe because it's hairy. I, I'm still a little befuddled. But I'm sure that's what the mystery is supposed to be. She takes her near the null field and knocks her out. Says thank you to the vault. Because yeah, she didn't think about that idea until apparently she saw that kid. And the voiceover of Gail says this is when it started. Salvor's reign or her notoriety, the warden and the ghost. Salvor ties up the Anacreon at her parents who want to call the empire, but Salvor knows the empire hasn't paid attention to them in a decade and can't be counted on to defend them. Violence is the last refuge of the incompetent, her father says, and she's like, yeah, and that's an old man saying. He's like, girl, I learned that when I was your age. Yeah, 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 I get you. But at the same time, they showed up with violence on their mind. (laughs) Salver is about helping themselves instead of people guessing what would Harry do. I'm surprised they don't have t-shirts and bracelets. Jesus Christ. To put it in perspective, some people show up at your door with knives and baseball bats. And your reaction is to open the Bible and say there's a passage in here and must give me some idea on what I'm supposed to do that is what Salvers trying to say stop doing that think for your fucking selves because I'm not saying the passage and in, that's invalid I'm saying it ain't gonna help us like what is that gonna tell us what we have to do we need to think with our own brains and confront the situation what is very understated but done beautifully is the amount of black and brown actors being the lead voices in this show. Literally from Gail's narration to Salvor or Terminus and Raish continues to linger. Love the to father too, validating his daughter, who is following her instincts, as she suspects that there are that they are trying to dig into something and have been carrying equipment. He realizes that instinctively they have been following her lead for a while now and it's no accident that she is Warden. Back on Trantor, Cleon the 14th calls his Shadow Master to get the name of his new obsession. In the garden, he calls her a problem. Salver straps everyone back on Terminus uh, with guns and the signs post for them to monitor a small army. No action is to be taken. Just watch and report directly to her. Hugo says if anyone can tell if Farrah is lying, it's Salvor who responds, well, that's the issue. She can't tell if she's lying or not telling the truth, but has a plan. I love this interrogation scene. Everything about it was great. <laughs> I like psychological warfare and the way she used her coin tricks to fuck with her. Because think about it in Farrah's mind. Here's this woman that I have encountered who rolled up on us and shouldn't have suspected us to being here. Then she is the only person that's not affected by this null field. And she even says, you picked the wrong person (laughs) on this rock to actually encounter. And then on top of that, She fucks with her by flipping this coin and saying, look, I know the percentage of all this. I I have the insurity to know that you're lying. And I'm going to get to what it is. And so she keeps pressing. And then she has Hugo, says this is my manservant, show that he's a thespian to get her to try to react. Already put her in an uncomfortable situation. The fact that they're still battling is so... Weird to me, but I guess whatever happened in they between them must have been really deep. <laughs> if it's still still uh causing such a riff just by the two being in the same room. Craftily, she is able to read Farah and see through her lies, wondering why she's really here. She then deciphers from her from her appearance the clue that she was five to six years old when the Empire bombed her home world that killed 50% of their inhabitants. Then another 30 to 40% died in the following decades. That's genocide on a whole other level and that she must have watched her parents boil alive but then figured out no. Worse, she watched them die from radiation along with her brother. Hugo watches everything unfold in amazement you can't fuck with Queen Bee. Queen, Bee. Queen, Bee. Queen Bee. And you can see the more she touches and feels her out and pretty much <laughs> rips her entire life apart in those few seconds, Sara at the brink of breaking down until she eventually does and starts speaking in her native tongue And then she grabs her coin and leaves. Like, yeah, I got what I needed (laughs) from that. Despite the effect of the mental battle on uh, Salvor. Because I guess she actually felt what she was feeling. Saying, you know, she is full of an unholy amount of negativity. (laughs) There's a deadness inside of her. And she plans to self-destruct here at the Outer Planets. Um... She also states that she messed up by mentioning the name Larkin. They bring up the gift that was given to the Empire. It was a bow of the Anacreans, and they realize that they are holding the great huntress of Anacreon. Harry also said that the first crisis would occur in the outer planets, or am I getting that incorrectly? Dawn shows back on Transor the unrest happening on erishon the unrest happening on the lower levels after more destruction from the fall of the uh, star bridge not the attack on the star bridge soft language there dust trying to change that narrative he asked what caused it what caused all this insurgency and dust sugarcoats that it has everything to do with the destabilization of the lower levels and nothing to do with dissatisfaction of the empire. He does say something prophetic though after Dawn or Cleon the 14th I don't know what to call him uh, saying it's overwhelming and he says for one man but you have three. A weak empire coming to the throne is definitely a way in which uh, other people get power. So That's in the back of my brain. Day comes in to shit on Dusk as more bad news has occurred. The communications from the outer planets has gone dark, and he worries about Terminus. He also once again belittles his younger self for not immediately grasping the significance of the down relay. You fucking bitch! Why you bully me? Everyone asking. Day is pretty upset with Dusk, showing how Harry, uh, because of how Harry warned them of these impending happenings like a to-do list and his brother allowed it to happen and now bitterly he's watching his legacy slip from what he considers his mistake or their legacy there is a deep growing disdain occurring between dusk and day both Demerizel and Cleon the 14th who is fond of Grandpa is sent in the same And just giving looks accordingly. Dust defends his decision. Calling Harry a charlatan. Then Day is like. "Nah, run back that tape. (laughs) He's like. You remember this moment? Look at that smug face. I used to practice that smug face. In the mirror. There's this almost disillusion with the. You know. I used to always look up to you. Right. I used to always be on your coattails and now watching what you have done what you had wrought at our crisis point i realized that holy shit you fucked up <laughs> you fucked up big time and he's disgusted because this is what he has inherited and then you see the little baby or his baby version of himself on the screen as harry says that the empire only offers up nothing new just a new grape in a bottle. Does says something interesting. Which is. Well. Harry Selden was killed by his own. Protégé. And I'm like oh no. Did they really set Gail up for the murder? Oh. Yeah. What? Now they could have been talking about Raish, But I don't. I can't consider Raish his protégé. That felt more. Gail's role and he was more like his son I felt he would say his son killed him not his protege and considering he tossed the knife with her and he was supposed to escape but he allowed her to escape I think that I don't know I don't know because I could have felt I could have sworn they said something on terminus about rage this week but I might have missed that But now I'm back to my original, holy shit, she got set up for that murder. He says, martyrs tend to have a long half-life. Lee Pace is killing it. He is killing it with his acting in this series. Back on Terminus, Lewis continues to be the absolute worst, calling Salvor an outlier, and I guess it's not anything to do with her birth. So I guess, whatever I'm feeling about who I think she is, they're not giving me any clues in this episode they're definitely trying to make me go a different route so i'm back to being just uncertain because he explains that because she was not accounted for or her connection to the vault was not accounted for or baked into the model she can't be trusted grow the fuck up i think this is what happens when you don't have the protege to steer the cattle I think Jake Gale was supposed to be the Judas Deer in this situation. But she never made it to the planet to take Harry's spot. To be the one that actually understands to maybe lead people a little bit more. Because it feels as if they're flapping their wings. Trying to figure out what Harry meant. Though they're committed to his prophecy. Salvor defends her actions as it gives them leverage and fuck your this is a diplomatic event situation they showed up here with non-diplomatic intentions you're saying i'm not a part of god's plan but you're also kind of implying i'm messing up god's plan and while she's not completely dismissing not at all Harry southern psycho history your pushback against me leading in this situation where you clear we clearly need a leader is that you fear what you don't understand about God's plan. You said chances of an attack were remote. Now here we are and we're unprepared because you also told me not to prepare us in the first place. So if we fail this first crisis that we are predicted to have survived, then it's on you for cock blocking me. They both go into the room and Salver the interrogation room and Salver figures out that provoking the empire is exactly what Farrah is after I'm not sure if she's trying to recruit the foundation or if she's just trying to get them not to I'm not sure because she mentioned several times that you guys are just cast offs of the empire no one gives a shit about you they sure as shit don't um I don't appreciate you guys calling me a barbarian because that's a slur for people that just aren't you and he she points out to lewis that your women are smarter than your men and your weapon is only as strong as the person wielding it which is the director and she's not impressed with how lewis hath handled his colony do the Anacreans plan on uh, possibly hijacking the foundation for their own personal political gain Bara also knows the fall of the empire will happen in the outer reach and plans on ordaining that destiny she also makes a small olive branch that they don't necessarily see the foundation as its enemy the Anacreans have enough guns to take out the town and have surrounded the fencing causing some panic back in trantor cleon the 14th is stuck between being a boy with an unhealthy crush and a bully above having an unhealthy crush as she gives or as he goes down to the gardener and she gives him a medicinal leaf from said garden that he later confirms is indeed wolf's breath i believe is what it's called and he forces another servant to eat it and if she isn't dead in an hour to send a whole batch to his chambers she said it's for healing i'm guessing this is more like morphine right like it can heal you but it also can get you high sal is worried about lewis back on terminus that he is in a room where he is overmatched mom agrees to babysit him although she doesn't do a very good job of it while she tells old man to get strapped People are worried but told to go back home, including the children. Sal then has a vision where she is in Harry's library on Trantor, seeing the boy once again and seemingly interacting with him because she says, I'm not going to hurt you. Just tell me who you are. Before coming to when Hugo catches her, because I guess she kind of blacked out, he tells her she is special after she tells him about said vision as watching her work made him a believer that she shouldn't shrug this planet off the vault is definitely trying to tell her something about this crisis back to beautiful tranter day has mathematicians brought in that tried to state in the decades studying sheldon's predictions of psycho history that it's baseless except that's not true that there is a small percentage that all of his predictions but there's a small percentage that all of his predictions would have come true thus the man clearly or the men are catering to what he wants to hear which is probably what they've been feeding dust for all this time the man faints when he yells at him i'm not sure if he died of a heart attack in fear or if he just fainted in fear then he walked away the others were physically assaulted they didn't even try to talk Gail narrates that a man getting older starts to stack up their achievements for the biography of their lives. And that is what Day is doing. He does not like what his biography is saying. She also mentions that individualism is starting to occur within the clones. Well, she doesn't exactly say it, but it's what's implied. As Day decides that he is breaking tradition and going to the funeral instead of dusk because the day has never been off planet since the inception of cloning which is a problem in itself like how are you supposed to you are just you're controlling a world you don't even know you've never visited yikes that's kind of what dust did last or yeah the previous dust though he wanted to go down see his people taste them feel the the breath in his the the dust in his lungs they don't have their they're growing up in this very neutered environment inflating their own ego (laughs) but unlike dust waiting until his final hours to find or right after the star bridge that attack really to kind of wake up to some actual development beyond. What they've experienced in that palace, or what they've been teaching each other through the decades, with Demerzel filling in the blanks from the predecessors, that I'm going to go out and try to salvage our legacy. And he really laid it out. Like, I watched, I remember that moment of being seven years old, afraid and you asked me what we should do and i could feel that your answer was bloodlust even though dust clearly said no you should not do this we should not act impulsively and wipe out two generations of people which in turn caused this insurgency on our own planet that you've just simply been ignoring and this is his moment of being like you know i I need to figure this out i need to get to the heart of these issues to try to fix them because i inherited your mess your mess that you did not clean up because you chose actions that were wrong and we warned you that these were probably the wrong actions he it's almost that self-loathing you know you can see yourself in what that other person did And it's the worst part of yourself. And he's at this maturity level. Because now it's more prominent in his reign. Of exactly what the fallout is. Right? He got to be all confident. He made the right decision. But now here I am. And things are literally hitting the fan at the same time. Just as Harry predicted. And we allowed his movement to to go. We made a martyr of the man. (laughs) we never dealt with any of these issues we reacted the way we shouldn't because even that previous dust though said get rid of don't overthink the stick what i love was demrazel who follows the command of day you know saying yeah remove dust things from the ship he's not going but then points out the hypocrisy and day's own impulsive behavior as if you've somehow evolved from it by your current actions reacting to the haunting of a ghost, as Dust says. And he states that we all are, which is true because they're haunted by the ghost of Cleon who existed thousands of years before then. All we are is just copies of a man. What? Who are we as men ourselves? And I don't think that they think too much about it until they are forced to. The fracture is continuing to fray. I have a question about Demrizel because I forgot to mention it when she brought up their recorded history like it was yesterday. Is she the historian of the Empire where she can retrieve information? Just like she has that, because uh, that's a, some, what they have about robots. They have, uh, what do you call it, idiotic? I- 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 is it that the right word? perfect memory let's just go there they have they can pretty much bring up everything plays exactly how it is so there's no bias right and i think that's why he brought up or had her bring up at least i think that's what she did because how how else would like even the faces of the people i don't know someone answer that for me dusk is now considering the harsh words and his own negligence he sends dorwin to check out what happens to the buoy as well as pay the foundation a visit blaming them for the lack of communication instead of his own lack of interest in these years cleon the 14th drug addict finding ways to spy on his crush who precipitates fears her life because fears for her life because he heard from his shadow master that they handle problems in diabolical ways so he fears his own reign his own because in his mind that's what his brothers would do but this is not something that he is inclined even when he tried to be mean to her that's not who he is he's trying to uh emulate their behavior but he's just not them in every sense of the way even when he's doing the synchronized movements he's always slightly off even when they're eating salver back on terminus and hugo watch the Anacrians assemble something with lewis being sucked into whatever Pharaoh's desiring with the tower saying "Oh, i could have got the navigational module and been gone from this planet by now just not listening at all to what Salver is saying, and I want him to die next episode. <laughs> That's what I need to happen. I need the this lone voice because oh, I was there and met Harry Sheldon to shut the fuck up and go somewhere because he's just making it worse, and he's probably going to get fair exactly what he wa- what she wants. Thinking, okay, this is diplomacy. I'd rather not deal with the problem when people are afraid to act that is when they are usually destroyed you have to take an action and that's what salver's doing it's like they showed up here they want something here we have something of value stop living in this fantasy world that we're somehow protected when that's not the fucking truth of the situation just because the foundation survives doesn't mean everyone at the foundation survives Did you not read the manifesto on how many people died just getting to the salvation? Or to the foundation? (laughs) So there's an expectancy of death to pretend that's not the case. I'm trying to make sure that number is smaller on our side. Whatever this crisis is. The Anacreans are definitely intending to destroy that fence though and have a cannon to do so. I'm not sure how Salvor will be able to hold them off once they do bring down the fence, because they are not very well. They have a little bit, not a whole lot. And I, I, I'm I, gonna feel some kind of terrible way if the Anacreans take over control once again, and then she's back to being their prisoner. She has a moment of doubt herself, Salvor, but it's rather the same conversation she had earlier with Hugo, so I'm not gonna revisit it. Gale narrates that the end starts on Terminus with the shot of the cannon about to fire with the Anacrians declaring war on the empire effectively but also stating that they're going to raise the foundation to the ground. It's a promise they intend to keep. Maybe because of Lewis's actions, they might be able to at least reach a stalemate. But I still think that people are going to die And I feel as if it's either gonna make Salva look better or worse. I think it's gonna look better because she's the one trying to stop death from happening versus the other person that's being absolutely ineffectual. Speaking of Gail, we finally see her cryogenic pod entering or encountering a ship. Is anyone on that ship? Is it somewhere that the pod was just destined to eventually correlate with but it is the storyline that I am most anxious to get some fucking questions answered about so I hope we are getting that next week because it does feel as if while I love what's going on in Trantor and Terminus there's that lingering with that story arc that's almost distracting to the current events because you're trying to figure out how it relates to what we've previously seen those first two episodes so that is where we will leave it this week if you want to send feedback on our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease blacker magic